Hey, it's Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Emily Bivin. Emily is all the way from San Francisco, California, with several years of experience in real estate. She sold her first home at the age of 16 after convincing her parents they needed to upgrade to a nearby neighborhood in her hometown, Northeast Ohio. Today, she brings her passion for helping others to compass real estate. Her devotion to service and professional integrity has enabled her to build a strong referral business and trusted, long-lasting relationship with her clients, colleagues, professional networks, and community. With that being said, let's welcome to our today's guest, Emily Piven. Emily, welcome to the show. Super excited to be here. Thank you. Okay, so Emily, I already know that you are from San Francisco and uh, you are running your business over there. But uh, tell us something about interesting that most people don't know about you. So one of the things that people don't know about me is I graduated from the CIA and no, not that CIA, the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. My background was in food and wine, and before I got into real estate, that was my my whole world I actually come from a dad who ran a restaurant and a grandmother ran an, and owned a restaurant as well. So that's kind of one thing that is unique about me is my love and passion for for food. And I think that's also one of the really interesting aspects of real estate agents is usually they all come from somewhere. They have some sort of interesting background whether that's finance or everyone kind of has their own perspective to add to the business when and love meeting other real estates because they real estate agents because they usually have interesting backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, you know I believe that every entrepreneur has a good story behind it, right? Tell us how did you cast the entrepreneurial bug? Where did you start your journey? Yeah, I think you just made a you just made a really good point. People are not linear; they take different directions. And the richer the story, the more diverse experiences. I think it just makes for a more well-rounded, interesting person. So, really, I think how I got the entrepreneurial bug is really just by birth. Like I said, my dad was an entrepreneur. He wound up running his restaurant for about twenty years, and then wound up doing different things. He got into construction. I think at one point he was actually doing commercial real estate. So he had several different iterations of of his career, and I think he kind of modeled that behavior for me. While my mom was a school teacher and kind of had this. steady job which is kind of the relationship that I'm in now my husband works in tech he has the more stable and then my business obviously is changes every year it's a little bit more dynamic And then also like I mentioned my grandmother she was a nurse and then ran this really successful restaurant back in Ohio um so really I think it I think it was by birth and I think you know seeing the people around me um is kind of what led to that now what kind of got me into real estate is my husband's uncle is a very successful broker in New Zealand and at our wedding 8 9 years ago you should probably know exactly when i got married he told me he said you know in his very kiwi accent you need to really think about getting into real estate i think you'd be fantastic about it and i thought and i said to myself you know i always was really interested in real estate and at one point i dated someone whose mother was in real estate and i loved the flexibility of her lifestyle and i really took that to heart I was working in food and wine marketing and and public relations and I knew that was not something I wanted to do long term and so you know the biggest piece of advice I could offer to your viewers is if you're thinking about making a change talk to as many people as you can that are in that industry or in that job role that 
you're looking at because that was just overwhelmingly beneficial to me. I got to hear all the pros. I got to hear all the cons. It helped me figure out, okay, well, which brokerage would I want to potentially work for? I really did the research before I took the leap. And that would be my, one of my pieces of advice for your listeners. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You know, like when you were talking, a lot of the people, we will get like a lot of experience. You can learn from their experience that what is the right for you, what is wrong for you and all. And according to that, you can plan and according to that, you can execute whatever you want to do in your life. And if I talk about most of the, like 90% of the entrepreneur, they just choose this type of path, right? And it's a right path. Like if you want to start your journey in whatever field you want, first, you need to talk to most of the people who are successful in this field then you can start on your yes and i would watch out for the naysayers because there are always negative people in this world that tell you you can't do it oh it's it's not worth it oh you know in my industry it's like oh clients are such a pain or whatever they say negative things take that you know smile and nod thank you thank you so much for your advice i appreciate it and just take that with a grain of salt and table it There is some level to truth to that, but don't let other people necessarily kill your dream, so to speak. Now, you know, there could be a time where that really made sense. Like, you know, if an industry as a whole was dying and you you kept getting this information over and over again, like everybody's getting out of this industry and, you know, there is, pay attention to those signs. But if you're just getting kind of negative feedback, maybe people have been doing it for a long time and they're kind of burned out, just table that and don't let it be your, oh, well, one person told me, you know, I shouldn't get into real estate because... Because, you know, it's too time consuming and it'll run your life 24 seven. That's just simply not true. That's just one person's experience. And that's how they ran their business. There's a lot of different ways to do my, my business. Yeah. Adding to that, I would like to ask you one question that how do you someone difference that uh, this is the positive feedback or this is the positive type of advice and this is the negative type of advice. So how do you someone difference that? How do you someone know about this? Mm, that's a good question. I think you can you can pick up on it in your in their tone. I mean, you can pick up on it pretty quickly when they're like, "Oh man, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to do this." You sure you really want to do it? That's, you know, some of the feedback that I've kind of heard because in my in real estate it is it's difficult. You you need to plan a year of not making any money. Uh, budget wise or have a partner that, you know, can support you or, or all of that. I, I think it's just like, you'll be able to quickly kind of tell the negative talk and then you'll hear the positive stuff too, because they'll say, you know what, maybe this job is really hard. I think that you could do it. I think you're cut out for it. You have the energy, you have the enthusiasm, you know, you're going to have to work really hard, but I think you can do it. That's a much more positive spin on it. So I I think it's pretty easy to tell. And also, I think you kind of quickly learn what their satisfaction has been in it. Now, if it's someone that you really, really trust and they're telling you not to do it, then, you know, maybe you should heed that a little bit more. Absolutely. Okay. So in your opinion that uh, what is the most important personality trait someone would need to work in your industry? to be successful in their job? I love this question. I'm trying to communicate what the actual personality trait would be. But right now, and especially in in 2023, when, you know, there's just a kind of shift going on in the market, I would say a yes personality. I I don't know what that exactly you would call that. 
a eagerness, a positivity, a yes. And that's kind of one of the things that I'm revisiting this year. I've been in the business coming up on seven years. And when I first started, I said yes to everything. Things that I even knew, but I wanted to have the experience so that I could know what it felt like, know what it looked like, so that I you know, might not make that mistake in, in the future. In my industry, there's no bad experiences. They're just learning experiences. So I've talked to colleagues and a lot of them are kind of going back to basics in terms of just saying yes to things like open houses. A lot of agents in the beginning of their career, including myself, we did a lot of open houses to meet with clients. And then once you kind of get a referral book of business going, you just, you don't wind up doing them as much. Um, and then you, you know, give them to other people, you get busy, et cetera. And I have heard from more and more colleagues that they're kind of going to go back to basics and just say yes to different opportunities. I've been saying yes already, and I've, I've seen things kind of open up this year. So just you know, nothing is beneath you, especially when you're first starting out and just say yes to as many opportunities, networking, developing relationships. It's sort of like that movie, Jim Carrey, where it's called Yes Man, I think. And he has to say yes to everything, <laughs> but it's a, it's a good lesson. Yeah. It's like eager to learn. Like you have to have a right kind of mindset. Yes. Okay. So Emily, tell us to our audience that how did you manage to grow your business so far? That's a great question too. Every agent, real estate agent, their dream is to just have a referral based system because at the end of the day, a lot of people, including myself, I don't love working with strangers, meaning I want to work with someone that we have a common thread in place. I'm not opposed to working with strangers, like meaning people that I meet at an open house, but I would much, much rather receive a referral and a referral can come from a past client or it can come from another agent. I really like agent referrals and I've, I've definitely grown my business that way along with client referrals. And that feels really organic. It feels really natural to me. When I got into the business, I had a six-month-old son and I was very clear with myself. You know, I wanted to grow my business as my kids grew and they gave me the, the flexibility to kind of do that. And that's kind of been my career trajectory. You know, my son is seven, my daughter is four now, and I had my best year in 2021, which is a lot of agents did. And I just see growing more and more and more after that. So for me, it has been referrals. But like I said, I am actually in a new market now. I cover San Francisco, but my family actually recently moved to Sonoma. So, you know, in a way I'm, I'm starting over and reaching out to clients. And so it is important for me, maybe they're in the same geographic location, but they're trying to tap into, let's say, you know, the condo market, you know, they kind of focused on another area of the city and now, or they're going to go after a specific thing. You do kind of have to start over. And, and like I said, you know, go back to basics. So Emily, you know that uh, every business has a lot of the problem, a lot of the challenges, right? So as everyone is dealing with some level of difficulties in the business, what are the most common difficulties that you are currently facing as a realtor or you may be faced in the past and how did you tackle those challenges? Another great, great question. San Francisco is such a unique market, the Bay Area in general. You know, one of the biggest challenges that we have is, is inventory related. So when we're working with buyers, it can be a really difficult 
grueling process. It is very rare to meet with a buyer, go out and see a house over the weekend, write an offer and buy it. When that happens, it's very, very special for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, we have to be prepared to write five, six, seven, ten offers. This last spring market was insanely busy in the city. Interest rates were still really low. There was a lot of kind of pent up demand and and the market had a went a little wild and it was challenging. I, I remember working with a buyer and it was like impossible to get something in their price point. So for me, one of the biggest challenges is just really inventory related, working with buyers, educating them because San Francisco is so desirable and it is just such an intense market. It's it's certainly not for the faint of heart. And you really have to make sure your clients understand that. It's really your job to kind of educate them that, yes, we did everything right. We're looking at a certain price point. And yes, that house just did go for a million five over the price. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges. The other challenge, just as a as an agent in general, is just making sure that pipeline is is filled up. The hardest job Part of this job is actually getting clients. Doing the work itself, um, once you've kind of mastered that, you're able to do it over and over again. So having a healthy pipeline, especially, you know, when things are are down, so to speak, that's going to be one of the biggest challenges. And how do you plan to get over this challenge? So I think I kind of answered that regarding working with buyers. The pipeline is is kind of going back to the, you know, yes man attitude. And it's it's making sure you're doing all of the things that you should be doing. CRM is a huge focus right now on at Compass, making sure you're nurturing all of your past clients, making as many connections, relationships as possible. Agents kind of handle this differently. For me, I'm more of a, a networking nurturer. There are agents that, you know, still purchase leads. One of the things that I'm really doing and focusing on this year to help build my pipeline as I'm getting into a new market is I'm targeting families and individuals that own both in San Francisco, because I feel like I could really offer them a lot of value. So if you're having trouble filling up your pipeline, I would say kind of going back to the basics. If you're a newer agent, the open houses are a huge opportunity for you to network. It also gets your name out among agents. And, you know, I'm really lucky at Compass because it is such a collaborative environment. And I can't tell you how many agents I've collaborated with. But if you're a newer agent, especially, you know, going above and beyond for, for some of the top producers, you will you will earn a really great reputation and good things will come to you eventually. Okay. So Emily, what is your growth plan? Not just in terms of business, but in terms of life also. Oh gosh. Another really great question. So I think I mentioned before we got online, you know, the pandemic has just affected people in so many different ways, ways in which I don't think some people have fully realized. Obviously, you know, the physical and if anyone has lost anyone, that's a whole nother. But, you know, for people that were healthy and, and didn't lose anyone and the pandemic, I think everyone is dealing with it in a different way way. So to me, I have seen just a tremendous amount of 
interest and energy towards self-care. I think that's a big, you know, hot word that we've heard in the last couple of years. Manifestation, law of attraction, all of those things. There's just kind of a a resurgence into self-development. One of the things that I got really into this year that a colleague sent to me was the Enneagram. And the Enneagram looks at personalities and they scale it from a one to nine. And it has been just totally life-changing, life-altering for me, learning about my number, which is number eight, and how I interact with other people. I've made all of my family and friends take it, and it's been super, super helpful understanding basically how how you view the world, how you deal with challenges. It's like you wear glasses. I used to wear glasses. It's like everyone gets their own set of glasses, one through nine, and they just view the world in a, in, a, in a different way. And how do you interact with those types of people? So I have gotten really into the Enneagram and I continue to just, you know, become super absorbed by it. And, and then you start to kind of learn patterns and clients. I just found out one of my clients is a certain number and I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. And now I feel like I know how to communicate with her a little bit better. One of the other things in terms of my growth plan is so many professions is video is so important. And it's something that a lot of people are talking about, especially in real estate. And that's an area that I have invested in. And if I, you know, had to say the one kind of marketing thing that anybody should be doing is investing in video. We've never had a time where you can take out your iPhone, shoot a video and reach so many people. The Instagram algorithms have changed. So your content is able to get in front of so many more people. It's, it's just sort of like something that if you're not doing, you really, really have to take advantage of it because it's essentially free if you have an iPhone and the sky is the limit in terms of what you can do. There are a couple of agents that are really crushing video and it has drastically changed their business. I actually just went to a conference or a seminar that was hosted by the Women Council of Realtors and one of our local lenders, Arjun. And it was with some people that I know in in the digital space and an agent. And she said her business in the last three years, she produced $100 million. Yeah. You know what? The first thing is that you need to believe that this system is working, right? Because most of the people... They don't believe on this. They are just starting out by, you know, listening some advices and all. They are not just following the right kind of process and system. But if you believe that this system is going to work for you, then it's going to work for you. That is a really great point. I just want to piggyback on that. That's a really great point. Listen, if you don't want to do video, you are vehemently opposed. You don't want to be on social media. That's fine. Okay. For a lot of people, they're flirting on it and it's sort of like, you know, don't just dabble, either do it or don't do it. And I'm kind of a black and white thinker in general. So for me, I really want to double down on video. I like doing video and I think it's a great opportunity. For other people that are like, absolutely no way. Okay, well, what is that thing that you are going to do? Direct mail still works for some people because they have doubled down on it. They believe that it's going to work. If your thing is being super involved in your kid's school and networking, and you're there every week and you show up and all the parents know that you sell real estate, then that's your thing. Whatever you pick, whatever, however you're going to connect with people, double down on it and you will see results 100%. Right. Because the ultimate goal is to get results. 
if i talk about that everything is work but you should try everything because unless until you try all these things you never know what is going to work for you yes yes i spoke with another colleague and she said every year she tries two or three new things and i was like oh that's that's brilliant that's such a good idea but to your question like it is work and i i mentioned earlier there's so much emphasis on like manifestation and just having positive thoughts and i'm from the midwest and i am a work like just work mentality i have been babysitting since i was 12 years old you know i do believe in positive energy and manifestation but at the end of the day you got to have the habits you got to you know wake up early you got to just work the universe will reward you for working hard as well okay so emily most of the home buying and selling process nowadays happens online so how do you take the advantage of online marketing yeah i mean i think we kind of talked about this a, l- a little bit it's, to me it's it's the video and it's a set it is regardless if you you know want to be on video or not that's kind of another question so in san francisco la new york some of the you know miami some of the other markets, these homes are really sexy looking. I mean, if you look back at photos from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's hard to believe how far we have come with the ability to be able to present um, our, our sellers' homes. The photography is just stunning. The staging is a must. You have to have really gorgeous staging. It's just it's just a requirement. In other markets, you know, maybe not so much. And then the video. I mean, you've seen the really amazing, you know, drone footage and the music and it's so sexy. It tells a story. These are just essentials. So regardless if you're going to be online or not as a personality, as, you know, a brand representation. In terms of other online marketing, you know, there are agents that do advertisements. Um, I have dabbled, to be honest with you, in, in doing social. I have never really seen anything, you know, great come out of it. I don't do Zillow leads. I know a lot of other agents do, but I would say the the bare minimum in terms of online marketing is making sure that you have a website for your listings, spend a lot of money on photography and video. You have really good copy. I know one of the things that agents are starting to kind of dabble in is the chat GTP and taking advantage of that for their listings. I haven't tried it yet. I just got on. I know they were, the server was overloaded. So I'm kind of going to be interested to see what that looks like just in terms of, of saving time. So yes, online for sure. And it's kind of up to you where you want to take it. But for any of your listings, you obviously have to be online. Okay. So if you had an extra $10,000 of your budget, then how do you spend it and why? This is a great question. I just spent, you know, a good amount of money doing video. And I would say that I would like, you know, if you just, if you just mail me a check today for another 10,000, I would be tempted to just, you know, invest it into video work, but I am feeling so excited about getting back together with people in 2023. I feel like I would probably take that 10K and put on an awesome event for all of my clients as just kind of a, let's just have a good time. So I think I, I think I would put on, on a really great client appreciation event. What is your favorite quote? I love this question because my favorite quote I've had for a long time, I've had it in my mind for, I want to say like 12 years. And it is far and away the greatest prize that life has to offer is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. And that is Teddy Roosevelt. And for a long time, I didn't know what my work worth doing was. And I was in jobs where I felt like, gosh, is this work worth doing? And you have to, everyone's work worth doing, it's kind of a mouthful, is going to be different to them. 
there is, you know, a huge range is highly, highly personal. But if you are unsatisfied, if you don't feel that your potential has been tapped into, ask yourself, you know, is this work worth doing? If not, what would be work worth doing? And for me, selling real estate is very, very, very rewarding. I love connecting with clients and, you know, essentially like making their dreams come true. That's really what we do. And that could be from a financial perspective, you know, getting them a lot of money to be able to, you know, move on to the next phase of their life if they're if they're selling a property or, you know, for families and, and close friends, getting them their dream house. I mean, that is like that's like one of the biggest honors that you can you can provide for someone. So for me, I definitely feel like I have found my work worth doing. And that would be one of my pieces of advice to your listeners is, is asking themselves, am I doing that on a day-to-day basis? Okay. So this question, you have to answer in one, like one sentence. If you write a book about yourself, then how do you name it? So I, I feel like I would, I would say life is an eight and I would tie it into the Enneagram because eight is a really dynamic and it's, it sometimes it's hard being me as an eight, like my To sum up being an eight on the Enneagram is the challenger. And sometimes it can be exhausting. Okay. Hey guys, do make sure you follow Emily as she's a wonderful person with great personality. And you can reach out to her for whatever your real estate needs. So that was today's episode of Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Thank you, Emily, for being on the show. And it was an honor to host you today. Thanks. Have a great day. So that's it. I'm your host, Subrat, signing off. And you guys have a wonderful day. Bye, guys.